Welcome back to Your Haunted Holiday. This is Lisa. And I'm Lindsay. And we have a pretty good one today, Lindsay. It's a place that I've never been to before, and I'm pretty sure you haven't been to before either. This is in Austin, Texas. Have you ever been to Austin? I have never been to Austin. I think we may have driven through it years ago, but I've never stopped and stayed. Yeah, I have always heard like really good things about Austin, like people love it. Um, so I think this is going to be a really interesting location. It has tons of ghost stories. Like there's a lot of places that we cover where, you know, the history is fascinating and there's a ghost story or two. This place, it's like all ghost stories. So we have some really good ones. All right. This is your haunted holiday at the Driscoll Hotel in Austin, Texas. So we would like to dedicate this episode of the Driscoll Hotel to one of our most loyal listeners. Her name is Olivia. She's nine years old and she lives in Omaha, Nebraska. We actually got word from your dad, Bobby, who reached out to us and he wanted us to know how much they love the show. I guess the whole family listens to it and you're particularly like just a huge fan. So Olivia, thank you so much for listening every single week. It means a ton to us. And uh, we appreciate all of our listeners. So thank you. Yeah, thank you, Olivia, for listening and the entire family. One thing I love about this show, Lindsay, is that people of all ages can really enjoy it. You know, when we look at our listener stats, there's people that listen that are Olivia's age. And then there's people that are our parents' age that really enjoy the show. So I absolutely love that we have this wide diverse group of people that are listening i think that's pretty cool definitely def we also have to say that this is our first time actually recording together in the same location typically we record i live in atlanta lisa lives in omaha and we record remotely together and then we edit it um, but i actually drove up to omaha so we can kind of quarantine together since we're both working from home right now so this has actually worked out pretty well we'll see hopefully this recording audio comes together well um, but yeah, this should be interesting. Yeah, I'm excited. This is our first one together. It's crazy. Right. All right. So let's get into the story of the Driscoll Hotel. So the Driscoll Hotel, Lindsay, like I said, it is in Austin, Texas. It is right in downtown. So it is in a fabulous spot if you are visiting Austin. And I would say it's probably probably the nicest hotel in Austin, Texas. Like it is fancy. This is not just like your regular old Holiday Inn Express, which we love. <laughs> Nothing against them. Lisa, we're working on them, trying to make them a sponsor. Don't bash Holiday Inn Express. Oh, I am not bashing Holiday Inn Express. <laughs> Holiday Inn Express is a great place to go on occasion. <laughs> no doubt. But this is this is a step up for sure a few steps up is how i would word it i mean everything in there is super ornate and old it was built by colonel jesse driscoll all the way back in 1886 and colonel jesse driscoll was a cattle baron not sure exactly what that means but basically he like owned a lot of cattle ran a lot of cattle made a lot of money selling and running some cattle hence cattle baron 
Yes, exactly. So he got super rich and he loved the city of Austin. And he decided, I am going to make this fabulous hotel. He probably didn't use the word fabulous as a cattle baron, (laughs) but he wanted to make the nicest hotel south of St. Louis. And he did that. He spent about $400,000 to build this huge place and it was super fancy. But the problem was, Lindsay, is people in Austin at the time didn't have enough money to actually stay at the hotel. Mm. Back in 1886, Austin is not what it is today. It is very much still where cowboys are at. Like, it was not a built-up city. It was a lot of cowboys and then Native Americans living on the outskirts. So there was nothing like this in Austin. And so it turned out to kind of be like a pretty bad business decision and this guy like he went through some pretty tough times and was like really able to like build back up his wealth and stuff like that but this was the one that kind of like did him in because he ended up losing staff because the the hotel couldn't support it anymore Um, and he was just losing money trying to keep up this hotel and people unable to stay there so in the year of 1888 he actually went into a poker game and he lost his hat in this thing basically and he ended up gambling away the hotel so just two years after he built this hotel he ended up gambling it away in a poker game that's rough that's a big loss yeah but you gotta think if you're already kind of like losing your money on this place maybe he was like happy to be rid of it who knows So anyways, the hotel ended up closing a few times and reopening and getting restored. It actually was almost demolished at one point in the 1900s, but they decided, you know what, this is a really historic building. Why don't we renovate it and bring it back to what it used to be? And it's actually probably more amazing than what it used to be. Everything in there looks grand. There's, it's just a very pretty place. So one of the rooms in this hotel that I would say is is one of the most popular and one of the fanciest rooms in the hotel is what they call the Maximilian Room. The reason they call it the Maximilian Room is it's actually filled with these huge mirrors. And let me tell you about where these mirrors actually came from. So back in 1864, Ferdinand Maximilian and his wife Carlota were actually assigned to be the emperor of Mexico by Napoleon. So Napoleon and his army said, Ferdinand, why don't you go down to Mexico? You can be the emperor. So while he was down there as the emperor, he actually had these beautiful mirrors built for his wife Carlota. And these mirrors were like really nice. They have diamond dust in them to make them extra sparkly yeah so very fancy mirrors and not only that but then at the top of each of these mirrors there's like a carved out bust of his wife Carlotta so like you can see her face at the top of each of these beautiful mirrors so he had these beautiful mirrors made for his wife and then all of a sudden things kind of went south for them so basically There was an uprising, as was pretty common back in the 1800s. Ferdinand ended up getting, like, executed and killed, lost his reign, obviously. And his wife ended up having to flee back to Europe, and she never even 
saw the mirrors, right? So nobody really knew what happened to all these gorgeous mirrors that were made for his wife, and they ended up finding them randomly in an antique store in Texas and then bringing them to the Driscoll Hotel once it was renovated. So they have now renamed that hall the Maximilian Room after Ferdinand Maximilian, and they have hung these beautiful mirrors all throughout. Okay, so we just finished telling you about these amazing mirrors that are in this room. And you know, one of the things that you hear really often, stories about the Maximilian Room, is that when you stand, because the mirrors are basically facing across from each other in the room, and so when you go to look at your reflection, you'll see a reflection of a reflection of a reflection of a reflection. It's almost like this infinite number of reflections of yourself. Does that make sense, Lindsay? It does, yes. Yeah, so basically people will see these infinite reflections and then they might see in one of those infinite reflections somebody random standing inside of it. Is it Carlotta? They do think it is Carlotta some of the times. Yes. So like there is randomly sometimes a woman wearing just these like pristine gowns and like very out of place looking like somebody maybe royalty from Mm -hmm. back in those days. And they think that she may be tied to these mirrors, which is really interesting. I mean, I think that we can see that certain artifacts can hold Uh, spirits you know they might follow them around so I mean I know there's several museums that have items that they believe are haunted maybe because you know that person in real life had such an attachment so it's certainly possible now is it Carlotta I don't know Um, but I do believe that there is the possibility that spirits could be attached to an item yeah and I, I just don't think it's that common that somebody who'd never even been to a location right mm-hmm. is somehow haunting this place it's pretty wild it is pretty wild so i like to reference my old old school old school like ghost hunter episodes well they did one on the titanic um items from the titanic and i think it was like a traveling museum where it went from like place to place and they they I want to say it was like the Georgia Aquarium or something that they were highlighting these artifacts that they had recovered from the Titanic and they got some interesting paranormal activity. I don't remember specifically, but that was what kind of convinced me like, whoa, they're not undersea next to the Titanic. They've pulled some things out, but somehow some of these spirits potentially have linked themselves to this stuff. Yeah, I think it's totally possible. And they do think Carlotta is in there. And, you know, one thing they say, if you're in that room by yourself, a lot of times people will feel like a hand on their shoulder Mm -hmm. and they'll turn around and nobody will be there. So not only are you going to potentially see her in the mirror, you might actually feel her touch. So it's an interactive spirit, it seems like. Uh, Or it's not Carlotta (laughs) at all. It's some scary, uh, scary spirit for all we know. Who knows? Entirely possible. So the first uh, potential death, and, you know, almost everything I say after this 
is legend. I'll call out if some of it is true, but a lot of this is legend. We cannot validate a lot of these deaths. But the first potential death that they think happened in the hotel was actually only about a year after it opened in 1887. And what they think happened was a senator's daughter, who they believe was named Samantha Houston, was playing on the grand staircase with a ball. So as you can imagine, in kind of the lobby, the main room, there's this beautiful staircase. She's playing, the ball bounces away from her. She ends up falling and tumbling all the way down the stairs to her death. Oh my gosh, that's horrible. Yeah, so very, very sad, right? And of course, I'm bringing this up because they think Samantha may be haunting the location. All around that grand staircase, apparently you can hear what sounds like a little girl giggling, playing. You can even hear the sound of like a ball bouncing down the stairs, which is super creepy considering that's kind of how she passed away. Right, and there's not... Ooh, I didn't think about it being her body maybe hitting the, the stairs and not the ball. I thought that's what you were getting at, but... No, I was talking about a ball. Ooh, my head went somewhere way worse, but that could be... What if that's what it is? Maybe. That would I... be a residual haunting. Same thing with the ball that's not there, right? So we're talking residual haunt. Right. The little girl appears to be pretty playful i'll put it that way because she's giggling the sounds of playing that kind of thing now there is a painting a portrait of who they think is this little girl samantha houston that's hanging up on the fifth floor and so if you go to this place you're going to notice there is a little girl holding flowers in this portrait with a smile on her face and they say if you stare at the portrait long enough a couple things might happen one her facial expression might change. Ah, terrifying. Yeah. Or you might actually get the sensation, like a weird feeling come over you, and like the sensation of levitating. How on earth would you have a sensation of levitation? I mean, either you're levitating or you're not levitating. I'd look down and say, nope, I'm still on the ground. I don't know, Lindsay. I cannot answer these questions. I have not had that sensation, but... It's possible. We clearly don't understand the effects of this sensation. So if you've been at the Driscoll and you've had this levitation sensation, please let us know. Yeah, I would love to hear that that story. So the next person that is haunting the Driscoll Hotel is Colonel Driscoll himself. They refer to him as the Colonel, the staff there. So if they mention the Colonel, that's who they're talking about. So the person who built the hotel, he is often like, before you even see him because most of the time it's a full-bodied apparition that you might see just kind of wandering the halls that kind of thing you will often smell cigar smoke Mm -hmm. now keeping in mind the hotel is no smoking today so you shouldn't really have the smell of cigar smoke really there so it's one of those scents and then a lot of times people will smell that and then see him like a minute later that's interesting yeah i've heard lots of reports of that type of yep haunting the next person that is potentially haunting the hotel is somebody that actually lived there for like 31 years whoa who is this person yes so this person's name is pj lawless and he was actually a railroad worker and he lived there through 1886 
all the way to 1917. And now keeping in mind, the hotel was closed some of the time, right? He even continued to live there while the hotel was closed. So he is very tied to this place. Now, there's no record about how PJ Lawless died or if he even died in the hotel, so I cannot account to that. However, he is seen throughout the hotel and he's he was a railroad worker, so he's often wearing that type of uniform and he's very often seen checking his watch. So he has kind of like one of those old-fashioned like pocket watches that he's looking at. And most of the time when you're going to see him, it's around the elevators. So most of the time people are getting off on the fifth floor and they will see him as soon as the elevator doors open up and he's there checking his watch, looking around and then disappearing. The other time people see him usually is actually him getting off the elevator. Like people are getting ready to get on and he is getting off the elevator and looking at his watch and disappearing. See, that sounds like a pretty cool sighting. Like, that's the type of haunting I I like. Yeah, and it seems kind of residual too, right? Like, it doesn't seem like he's interacting with people. He's more kind of like doing his own thing. Some of the other people that are commonly seen haunting this location, there's a lot. There's a lot. I was just going to say, I mean, I, I thought you might have been done with the, the, the ghosts. Oh, no. There's more. We're going to have a whole other segment of interesting ghost stories, actually. So the workers, there's a couple different people that used to work at the hotel that they believe are haunting it. Again, people that didn't die there, but people that are just tied to it. Um, it reminds me of the Windsor Hotel, how we were talking about the... The, the bellhop. Yeah, the bellhop who just loved working there so mm-hmm. much. Now, that's the same for, for these two workers. They loved working at this hotel, so they just kind of decided to go back, I guess, in the afterlife. The first one is Mrs. Bridges, and she actually worked at the front desk in the early 1900s. Now, you can often smell kind of like the colonel, but for her, you smell flowers, around her presence. She has like a very floral scent, I guess. And she's supposed to be very pleasant and nice. Some people claim that this is just a residual haunt that you kind of see in the lobby around the main desk. And she doesn't seem to interact with people that are staying there. However, another report that I read is that she's actually like very much like trying to make sure all the employees are in line. And so if she hears like the employees are kind of like having a conversation too loud, she might like shush them and that kind of thing. And to me, that is not residual. No, that would be intelligent. Yeah, exactly. The other person is a general manager from 1933 is also seen walking around the grounds, either in the lobby, the hallways, again, a full bodied apparition, which is a lot of these ghosts that we've talked about. Um, But he is just a very polished looking man that looks like he is working there back in the 1930s. He looks very very much like he's from that time period and he doesn't appear to be interacting with guests either he's really just kind of like doing his own thing looking and inspecting and seeing how everything's going and watching over the hotel all right guys so i have two more ghost stories the scariest of all of these i just went through the basic ones like a lot of the main ones but now we're going to get into what it is most known for
So Lindsay, for whatever reason, this hotel has a history of suicides. And in particular, suicides of brides or soon-to-be brides. Really? So I do want to just call out, this is legend. Now, there have been some suicides we know at a hotel. I, I know that there's suicides at hotels in general. That's kind of like a sad thing to say. I mean, obviously, that is a very sad situation, right? Um, but this hotel is known for it, and there are some very particular stories around it. So the first one I'm going to get into is room 525. So it's on the fifth floor. Most people on the internet will refer to this as the suicide bride's room. Now, there are apparently two different brides that were on their honeymoon, staying in the room 20 years apart, both of which killed themselves in the bathtub 20 years apart to the day. Do they think that there's some sort of a spiritual draw that made them do that? Something that influenced them? Or, I mean... I mean, suicide is just terrible, right? So I, I can't imagine it was a spirit that had the ability to get into somebody's mind, but it's highly unusual that it would be 20 years apart, right? But it is legend, right? So it makes sense that someone might take some story and kind of morph it to make it sound even more interesting. Yeah, I, this is legend, like I said. So we don't know that this really happened, but this is really the story that is heard all the time here at this hotel the other thing i've heard is some people will say it was 10 years apart difference mm -hmm. right or 20 years so it's one of those legends where it's kind of like mm. and there's also not a whole lot of information like i don't know how those two brides actually killed themselves so we just know that it happened in the bathroom but what is odd is that this, this particular room, room 525, is considered the room with the most activity in the hotel, in particular in the bathroom. So like the faucet will run by itself, the lights flicker on and off, like there's just a lot of stuff going on in that bathroom. At one point in the hotel's history, they actually shut that room down because there was just too much activity. They thought nobody wanted to stay there. But then it ended up getting renovated. They reopened the room, and now you can actually stay there. I mean, it's, it is interesting that there's a lot of activity in the room. I, I think mostly legends, there is probably something to it. Whether the legend that you're hearing is 100% accurate or even if it's just a piece of it, something tragic probably occurred. Um, and typically we know tragedy causes ghosts. Yeah, that's right. So very interesting, an interesting legend nonetheless. Um, so the next story is very interesting. So this actually supposedly happened back in 1999. And I found this story. It's all over the Internet. But I also watched kind of a version of it um, of a recorded like hotel tour where they had kind of like a ghost haunting tour going on in the hotel and the video is put on YouTube so I will post that for you guys to see if you want to see the full official story but basically what happened back in 1999 there were these two girls kind of having like a girls trip they are going to Austin they want to stay in this fancy hotel so they of course booked the Driscoll they go out late at night they come back at about 1 a.m. right 
And part of the hotel at the time was actually under construction. It was like the south side of the hotel. So didn't look like any of the rooms were actually open over there. So they're kind of wandering around the hotel and they're getting kind of close to that construction site. And they notice this woman walking down the hall that is just carrying tons and tons of shopping bags like she is just like loaded down with these things right and so they're like whoa that's weird and she was walking into the construction zone part of the hotel and so they kind of like start following her a little bit make sure she wasn't like going in the wrong direction everything was okay and they noticed that this woman stopped right in front of room 427 just staring at the door like not moving not knocking at the door nothing just standing there and staring directly into it so one of the girls hollers over and says hey is everything okay are are you okay staying in kind of like the construction zone of the hotel and apparently the woman turned around and responded no i don't mind it at all and then like seemed kind of like gruff and like maybe a little pissed off and irritated so then the girls were like okay let's go ahead and leave her alone right so it was kind of like bothering these you know two girls that that witnessed this so the next day when they were going to check out they were talking to the concierge and the cons and they told him about how this woman was standing in front of room 427 and she was carrying all these shopping bags and he was like no that's not even possible because there is nobody staying in that end of the hotel like all those rooms are closed in fact the toilets aren't working like they're being completely gutted and renovated like nobody could physically stay there like the bathroom is not even functioning right so but then he tells them what's really weird is there was a woman about 10 years prior to this in 1989 who was staying in that room and the story goes is she was actually engaged at the time another weird bride thing what is up with this do not go to this hotel if you're engaged or if you're about to be married or whatever guys steer clear outside of that go on over yeah i would tend to agree <laughs> so she was engaged and her fiance like the week before the wedding i guess called her and was like you know what i'm calling off the wedding we're not gonna do this right so she was pissed she decided to steal his car and his credit cards drove up to austin went to the driscoll hotel booked herself a room decided to go on like this crazy shopping spree where she spent about ten thousand dollars right showed back up to the hotel late at night carrying tons of shopping bags went back to her room and then her body was found three days later in the bathtub she ended up actually shooting herself in the stomach and Why? dying. Ugh. I would think the stomach, not that I'm saying anywhere would be good, but like that would be like the worst case scenario. I feel like that'd be the most painful. Absolutely. That's the last. I mean, number one, let's get serious for just a second. If you are suicidal, reach out. There are hotlines. Try to get some help. It's not a good way to go about about things. 100%. And I agree with Lindsay. Definitely reach out if you're having those those thoughts for sure. There is tons of support out there for you. But again, yeah, I just think this would be a horrible way to go. But also fascinating that this concierge, and this is the official story from like the, the ghost tour guy at the hotel, right? Mm -hmm. Saying that this person was staying in that room that these girls saw her standing in front of 
and went on like a spending spree and had tons of shopping bags. And that was the last time she was seen alive. So I think they might have saw her. I think they did. That sounds pretty legit to me. So to this day, apparently, you can see this woman walking with shopping bags. And for these ladies, it happened at about 1 a.m. So I think, you know, 1 a.m. on the fourth floor might be a good spot to go check out. Stake that out. If you go fourth floor. Yep. And some people say they see her holding shopping bags. Other people say that they see her on the fourth floor walking the halls with a gun. Woo, that's crazy. Yeah, so a very, very active hotel. That is kind of the final ghost story, although there is, I feel like, endless ghosts. This is probably the most ghost stories we've had in one episode. Totally. I I think there seems like there's a lot of full-body apparitions, which... Number one, that can be very difficult to come across or see. I haven't had a whole lot of experience. It's kind of like the pinnacle of coming across a spirit. So it sounds like there might be a real possibility of running across this. So this also seems like a kind of the kind of haunting that I would enjoy. Seems fairly benign. Sounds like um, you might come across some residual spirits, some that are familiar and aware that you're there. But they all seem like they were just people at one time that you know, maybe had a tragic event or maybe are drawn to that location for one reason or another. So really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So they do say they think this may be the most haunted place in definitely in Austin, probably in Texas. A lot of people make that claim. Most haunted place in Texas. So um, let's talk about the rooms really quick, you know, and in looking at their website, it looks very much like a normal hotel website. There is nothing on there about paranormal tours. They do have like a history section on their site, but that's about it. So even though I saw this ghost tour on YouTube, I could not find anywhere on how to like sign up to do that. I'm wondering if you have to actually go into the hotel, maybe speak to the concierge, something like that. But I didn't see anything like that available today, at least. Now, the other thing is, it's not going to be something where you can go book room 525 or room 427 on the website. Like, they're not specifically called out. So if you want to stay in one of those rooms, definitely make a phone call to the front desk to get those specific rooms booked. I guarantee you that's what I would do. I'm not staying at any old room here. I'm staying at room 525. No doubt. Well, I guess the price will be dependent, right? But... Absolutely. If you can get the haunted room, make the phone call. Agreed. So a standard room there, you know, like I said, it was fancy, but it is not super overpriced, I didn't think. Like there are some places like I think the Biltmore Hotel that we talked about in Coral Gables where it is like, man, this is a splurge. Mm -hmm. It's still a little bit of a splurge, but like it's totally affordable. So a standard room there starts at $219 a night. Okay, I mean, so it's pricey. It's a nice room. That sounds pretty standard for like a big city, nice hotel, especially like a historic hotel like this that's been renovated. It sounds about right. Yeah, I agree. So, and that's just kind of like your standard room. Now it can go up based on, are you getting one queen bed or two queen beds? Are you getting a king bed? That kind of thing. Like the king bed, I think is $284 a night. So it does cost a little bit more depending on what type of sleeping situation you want now they also have some suites available the suites range from 299 dollars all the way to 709 dollars so they range pretty widely there's several different options in terms of suites but again 
not crazy for like a really nice suite. I mean, I'm not gonna be booking the $700 a night suite personally, but I mean, if you're somebody who wants that, like you could do that. I mean, if it had multiple bedrooms and you could fit a bunch of people to split the cost, then it would be worth it. But yeah, 709, not happening for me. Yeah. But uh, the 219 to 300 range, I mean, that's it's a lot more reasonable, especially to split with a friend or someone. Yeah. The other thing I'll call out, they have this bakery there that looks phenomenal. Like they make cakes, like all kinds of stuff that looks really good. They also have like daily tea hour, like in the afternoon, like afternoon tea. They have really good like bars and restaurants throughout the hotel. The food looks really good. So something else that you might want to check out while you're there. Yeah, that's a win. You got to have good and food. Good food and drink situation makes it even better. All right, guys. So thank you so much for listening. This was our story about the Driscoll Hotel. Definitely go book it if you're in town in Austin. We want to thank everybody that's been listening. And we also really appreciate some of the new reviews that we've recently received. We read them. We love all of the five stars. Whenever we get them, we notice. So thank you so much. It means a lot to us. If you haven't already rated us and you like the show, make sure to subscribe and rate us five stars if you're listening on Apple. And come check us out on our website, yourhauntedholiday.com. You can also email us. We have links right there on the site. If you have any ideas, suggestions, interesting stories, who knows, they may all make the show. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and we have a YouTube channel if you're interested in looking that up. But I want everybody to stay safe and thank you so much for listening to the show. Thanks for listening. Have a great week.